Good morning, family. Welcome to Faith Harvest Worship Sip Worship <laughs> Roundtable Discussion. My name is Pastor Robert Ingram, and to the left of me is Pastor Stedman of Blessed Assurance. We here at Faith Harvest welcome you to be a part of our, our Wednesday service. And on behalf of Dr. Williams and First Lady and the Faith Harvest family, we say God bless you, we love you, and we look forward to you guys coming out and be a part of our Sunday service. So we're going to get back to our discussion that we had last week where we talked about unbelief, that unspoken word that we continue to deal with that we really don't deal with. The unbelief in in the body of Christ uh, of some of God's people who struggle in in their relationship. And that's why we're going to continue on this series of knowing God. And as we talked about before, Dr. Williams has got the word from God that this is the year of walking in God's favor. And as I said last week, the only way you can walk in his favor if you have a relationship with him. You know, and that's why it's important for us to deal with the unbelief, which we discussed last week. And I ask everybody, if you have any questions, please post your questions. And if we don't have an opportunity to get to them this week, we surely will get to them next week. So one of the questions that was posed ties right into what we're going to talk about, the topic of discussion this week. And the question says... It asks the question of, she said, how do I believe? And this week we're going to talk about belief. Belief. And I was listening to a sermon uh, last week, earlier this week rather, and I was listening to Dr. Miles Monroe, and he was talking about the lion. And he, he said something. He said, the lion is not the biggest animal in the jungle. He's not the smartest animal in the jungle. He's not the tallest animal in the jungle. You have the giraffe. You have the elephant. You, you have so many other animals. You have the monkey, who, was, who, who, who they say is very intelligent. You know, however, the lion is the king of the jungle. And one thing he said about that, what makes the lion the king of the jungle is his belief. It's his belief. And his belief is that when he sees all the other animals, he sees lunch. (laughs) He sees lunch. (laughs) You know? And so, so there's no question about his stature, his, his mindset, his, his weight. What he sees is lunch. He has an unwavered belief that he can eat them. And despite the elephant's size, despite the giraffe's size, despite the intelligence of the monkey, they believe that they can be eaten. So one has a belief of what he can do, and the other one has a belief, or, or they don't have, they have a nut of, of, of their intelligence, their size, or, or their height. That they can't defeat this animal. And I find that we have that same issue in our relationship with God and knowing who we are in dealing with our unbelief. Where Christ says that here in John 20, 29, and you don't have this, Earl. So it says, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believed. Mm -hmm. And yet believed. So we tend to struggle with our relationship with God because we haven't seen him. Yet we don't see a lot of things that, that happen on television, but we believe it. You know, what you were just talking about, I was looking at uh, something from Psalm 103, 14, or 103, verse 14. It says, he remembers that we are dust. And, I, and what I basically was thinking about was we often um, uh, fail and are overwhelmed 
by what this big world has has in its hands. And uh, the amazing assurance is to know that our Father is patient, ever-present, and abounding love. And, you know, that that's important to know. And, and the struggle that so many people have is when things don't go the way they think it should they think go. everything's against them. You know, and, and if we reflect back to the Israelites in, in, the, in the wilderness, here God provide manna for them every day. They didn't have a need. But what happened is they had wants. They wanted something that God promised them. However, they wasn't ready for it. So instead of them being thankful for the needs that he provided for, they was worried about the wants that they didn't receive. And and that's great because, you know, what we were talking about this last week uh, when you jump ahead of God. Um, And they wanted something that God promised them. And God said, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You haven't shown me that you're ready to take that next step. Uh, it kind of happened to me the other day. I, I was just talking about it. I needed some new sneakers, and I uh-huh. needed some, uh, and, I, and I wanted a new pair of slippers. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I wasn't ready for it, and God was telling me, don't jump ahead. And then today, my income tax money hit. Mm-hmm. So he was saying, look, it's time. You got them now, but I was trying to tell you don't jump ahead. Don't, ju- jump, don't ahead. jump ahead. You know, and, and, and someone spoke about how, Sometimes you get disappointed when things happen. You, you have those questions as, why me? Why me? You know, and I was one of those, one of those young men who had those same questions because I grew up without my father in my life. And I watched my brothers and sisters have their, their fathers in their lives. And I used to wonder, like, how my life could be different if my father was in my life. You know, I had those questions and, and it began to build insecurities in me. You know, and it wasn't, I don't think it was a situation, well, I'm not going to even say that. I'm not going to say I didn't question God because by me saying, why me, I was questioning him, you know. And when I had that opportunity to sit still when, and I was murmuring and complaining and God was telling me, he told me clear as day that I've placed many men in your life to show you what it was to be a man. And I am your father, you know, and sometimes we miss what he provides for us and not necessarily what we want. He gives us what we need. So and and I believe I believe a lot of times we have to realize we don't get all the things we want, just what we need. So we don't become dependent on ourselves and stay dependent on him. It's a perfect example when we were through COVID and these stimulus checks mm-hmm. and uh, all the uh, money that was being sent out from the unemployment and everything. And they were getting all, everybody was getting all these, uh, these perks, so uh-huh. to speak. And when it was time to go back to, to, work. to work and doing <laughs> what you needed to do, everybody was saying, oh, I'd rather just sit back and get that money. Uh-huh. And, and instead of... Um, relying on themselves and that's where we get um, a weakness inside of us when we rely on other things to rule our lives than just what God has provided for us and the question that was posed um, during uh, last week you know how do we believe believe well I think one of the biggest things to answer for that is um, by a person who walks in the light of God Mm mm-hmm who has went through similar trials and tribulations, mm-hmm. when they see a person that nothing seems to bother them and everything in life is just seems to be a different aspect of what they want, when they see that, mm-hmm. they're like, how do I get that? Mm-hmm. And then when you show and tell them your story and tell them how it happened, that's a way you can become a believer. So, so, so you say basically... Other people can gain their belief 
through watching your walk, through exactly. your testimony. Exactly. You know, I was sharing with I was sharing with someone today, Brother Brandon, most of you who know him, he's he's a minister, a part of Faith Harvest, he's a traveling minister. <laughs> and um we were together today and we were sharing and one of the things we were talking about is that same thing. We were talking about that faith walk based not off of what you do, but what someone else is doing. And that same faith runs down almost like Aaron's bid down to you. And, and I, I was speaking about Jesus with the disciples. You know, the disciples didn't have the faith that Jesus had. And we know that because once Jesus was gone, they went back to what they always did. But while they was with him, they were able to walk in that anointing, that faith, that favor that was on him. They walked in that authority. And this is what God wants us to do. And that's why it's so important for the children of God to walk in that light. Because we have to be the light in the dark times. Here in, 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 in Psalms 121 Verse 1 and 2, it says, I lift up my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help, where my, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The maker of heaven and earth. And that's a declaration. That's a declaration that I'm not looking for man to do anything for me. My help comes from the Lord, the higher power, the creator of all things. And this is where God wants us to get back to. He wants to be the provision of everything that we need. Absolutely. You know, when we talk about God and, and we talk about the different names of God, those different names represent different aspects of who he is to you. You know, and, and that's and when we begin to declare his name and speak his word, we speak his name in those areas of that name, the healer, the provider, you know, all those things. My provide when we start declaring those things in his word, then we can walk in his truth. Yeah, he's called the great physician, Jehovah Jireh. My and, provider, that's and, right. And, and, and Jehovah Nisi. But you know what? The one that uh, I think tops them all. Mm-hmm. I am. I am. And he, he is who he is. I am. Yeah. I am. And so when you think about I am, when you think about I am, I am covers the full spectrum of everything that you may need. And that's the part that we miss. And that's why it's so important. That we're talking about knowing God because when we know who he is, we begin to know who we are because he said we are made in his image. He said we are made in his image. Here in John 14 verse 12 through 14, it says, truly, truly, I say to you. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works, greater works than these will he do because I am going to the father. Whatever you ask in my name, hear this family, whatever you ask in my name, whose name? Jesus. Whose name? Jesus. He said, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do. Anything, he said, I will do, family. So there's nothing that God can't do for you if you ask it in his name, if you declare it. You declare his truth. You declare his word regardless of what it is. We got to speak his word. And the only way you can begin to do that, you got to get into his word. You got to be able to speak those truths back to him. You got to speak it back to him. And it doesn't matter what version of the Bible you have, the contemporary English, the uh, King James, the NIV. It all might be different wording but it all means the same thing and it all points back to one thing 
that this book is a book about relationships and faith without works is dead. That's something that Pastor Ray always says. And then this week he talked about prayer. Prayer is essential, essential to keeping our line of communication open with God. Yes, it's very essential. It's very essential because that is the time you get to spend with him. That is the time where you can get a sense of peace and a sense of direction when you're dealing with things here in the world. So we need to be able to spend time with him to seek his face for new direction. And through his word is a witness on how I, I heard this here. I heard this here last week when I, I was in prayer. And I think I said it last week that God said, invoke your name into where all the witnesses are at. Invoke your name to where all the witnesses are at and 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 see yourself in it. It all applies. Just like I said earlier today, when you look at television and you take that as truth, and that's the same thing with God's word. So you don't question what the news people tell you as truth. You, you base it off of their witness. And that's what, that's what God's word is. It's witness of people who were there, who experienced it. So if you believe the same thing that you see on the news, why can't we believe God's word? And this is where we need to be. But the reason why we find ourselves not believing, because it's not aligning to what we want. You, know, you, ever, you ever notice uh, when every time in every, every part of the Bible in the New Testament, Jesus uh, did a miracle or he did something he had a bunch of people around why do you think he had them there witness to witness that that event actually happened it may be worded differently from what different perspectives mm-hmm. but it all had they all had witnesses witness. to witness to that fact and and <laughs> you know what's awesome about that they were around because he was providing a want for them you know and if you notice if you notice most of the people who just had a need and just went to them they didn't even have to express it all they had to do was touch the anointing of him you know and he spoke the word one of the people who the satyrian the satyrian soldier when he came to jesus and spoke about his servant and asked Jesus to help heal her. And Jesus spoke that word. And he, he said, I know it's already done. You know, because he knew he, he was already under authority. And what happens is, see, Jesus didn't come to speak Christianity. He came to speak kingdom. And kingdom is different from what we, the way we look at things. Kingdom is not democracy. So when a king speaks a decree, it's law. It's going to happen. So when Jesus spoke that word to the satyrian, he knew without question it was done because he recognized Jesus as a king. So if we begin to recognize Jesus and God for who they are, for who he is, that we would fall under that same authority. So whatever his word says, we would know and hold it as true and walk in it with boldness. Without, without trepidations, we would walk in boldness. And that's, what, that's a part of the belief. Uh, and, and, that's, and that's getting back to what I said earlier about, you know, um, we um, that walk in the light, we that believe in this word and live by this word, it is so very important for us to be able to have others see mm-hmm. what we do and how we act. I've, I know I had a guy um, that lives with me over where I'm living at now. Uh, he was a atheist. Uh-huh. And he went all the way out to Massachusetts, came back, and we were friends, and he saw me. And he says, well, you're different. What is it about you? That's different. I told him. God's word. God's word. And he started coming to church and he started getting into the word. And now he's past that atheist stage. He believes in God. And that's all by witness. And that's why it's so important for each and every one of us 
to be and to think, act, and be like Jesus. And that's what this book is about. This book here is called Think, Act, and Be Like Jesus by Randy uh, Frenzy, Frenzy. It's F-R-A-Z-E-E. And Dr. Williams, um, he preached and he t- uh, taught on this, on this book for over a year and a half, almost two years. And this is what we're going to base this here, knowing God about this series about based off of some of these teachings of God's word that he spoke about. And that's why it's going to be important for us as leaders, as kingdom kids to be walking in that same authority because we're, we're, we're in a time right now where there's going to be so much uncertainty in this world because of all the things that's going on and all the things that we're going to witness with our eyes that we're going to have to be able to see beyond what we see as reality to be able to trust God in spite of and we think about we look at COVID right now we look at this this uncertainty wear masks not wear masks get the vaccine don't get the vaccine people still coming down with COVID and different things like that but what what I was thinking about what I thought about is when when the plague came down on Egypt and God told his people to mark the blood on the doorpost see it's not a time for us to mark the do- uh, blood on the doorpost. It's a new season. It's about what we believe and trust in our heart. It's a faith walk. It's a knowing that we are covered because we're doing the right thing. And not that the disease might not come up against you, that you might not catch it, but you know it's not going to take you under. And if it do... Still, in spite of, just like the three brothers who, who went into the fire, in spite of, I know God still loves me and I'm going to still stand strong and bold. And that's the declaration that we got to have, that boldness in spite of whatever we got to go through. And that's why that belief has to be strong in your spirit. It can't just be in your mouth and in your head. It has to be in your heart without question. And that's what we're talking about. We have to walk the walk and talk the talk. We got to look, we got to, we got to be in that light all the time. Um, You were just speaking about something when you brought up about the fire. I was thinking about Daniel and when Daniel went to the, To the to the lion's den and he just stuck to his belief and he knew in his heart that he was not, God was not going to let anything happen to him. And the next day, what's he do? He walks out of the out of there with not a mark on. See, because when you walking in truth, you don't have no fear That's about it. What, it. it don't, even if he would have died that day. But what happened was because God, if he would have died that day, it would change the belief of people That's right. because he was standing on that was God's proof to show. Right. And it changed the king's heart. Yep. It changed the king's heart. And that's why it's so important for us to stand on his truth. Because we're going to be the witnesses for other people. We're going to be the witnesses. Our testimony. God, us People seeing what God see us through is going to be the witness of God, of who God is for other people. And the other thing is too, once we uh, start um, having people that had unbelief and are starting to come into believing, we got to stick with them. We can't give up on them because they need that positive reinforcement continually um, to continue to build them in this word and to build them into, into believing what we believe. And um, the other thing that I've always ran into with people that uh, are starting to come into the faith is how to pray. Mm-hmm. How do I pray? Who do I pray for? Well, the one thing I do every morning when I pray, I, I thank God for walk. I, first thing I do is thank God for getting my feet on the ground. The second thing is I never ask for anything. I just say, Lord, whatever your will is for me, let it be done. Let it be done. You know, and, and you said something important as far as us being there as support and, and, and being able to, to help 
enlighten them when they're struggling. You know, we just went to lunch this afternoon with a brother who was a part of the ministry that we haven't seen in a few years. And I was expressing to him and letting him know that how much I appreciate him and how much I value the relationship that we have. And that the relationship was not based off of us It was based off of God's divine connection because we never knew each other outside of the body of Christ. The way we had our relationship was established because our relationship with Christ. And and I I expressed to him that I don't fully understand the full purpose and the scope that God has established a relationship, but I'm going to honor it because God established it. And I don't know what he want me to do in your life or what you're supposed to do in my life, but I'm going to be there for you. And, and with you because God established it for a reason. And sometimes we, t- we tend to move out of relationships. And it was a time, like I said, even when he was away for a while that I was wondering like, wow, what happened? You know, just, just wondering, you know, but I never gave up. I always continued to reach out. Look, look for him, you know, let him know that we was thinking about him. We love him, you know, and appreciate him. And lo and behold, time went by. He came back, you know, he, he, we, we wound up coming back in contact. And that's why it's so important that we, we remain true to the relationships that God establishes for. Because we don't know how, what effect these relationships that he's established us with are going to have in that person's life. You know, I always tell this story when I first, uh, first uh, met Pastor Ray, I was trying to get into the hall over here, and he wouldn't meet with me because uh, he was busy three weeks, and I was persistent, mm-hmm. just kept calling him, you know, I wanted to meet him, because God was directing me to, for some reason, mm-hmm. which I just obeyed, he said, you got to go here, this is what you got to do, just, just follow my lead, and I've never questioned why I met the relationships that I have here now, mm-hmm. because I just got, God guides my steps, and he directs me, and that's what's more important than anything is obedience. There's no, we, don't, we shouldn't have to question what he has to do. Sometimes you say to yourself, well, why, why do you want me to do that? Well, just do what I tell you. There's something coming better for you down the road. And, and, and even, even when questioning, because Jesus even questioned God. Oh, yes, he You did. know, even Jesus. But irregardless of the question, he remained obedient. Absolutely. And that's key. That's that's the key, obedient. Even in your not understanding why, just do what he said to do. And we all hear that voice. I was talking to a brother today, and he was saying that same thing. We were talking about the voice that we hear in our head and, 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 and how sometimes it could be contrary to God's word, but, but it's still you hear that same voice. You know, because that voice, is you hear your own voice. It's not no different voice. It's not no voice that you hear on TV. This is God. You know, you, you hear like Pastor Ray say, this is God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. your voice that you hear. It's our but conscience. It's, but the thing is, it, it's, it dif- differentiates with the right and the wrong. And that's where you, when you know better, you do better. You know, and that's where the enemy try to manipulate you and have you questioning, just like he did Eve. Even though she knew better, he, he, he created a doubt in her mind. The same way he tried to do with Jesus in the wilderness. The same way he tried to do with you in your life. He tried to manipulate you. And one thing I tell my son all the time is, look, if you want to do something that you want to do, the enemy will give you every excuse to do it. And that's what, that's what the enemy tried to do with Jesus. That's what he did with Eve. One he achieved it, one he didn't achieve. And the one he didn't achieve it with is because he put God's word on it. He spoke truth to the negativity that the enemy was trying to speak. And that's what we got to do. We got to be able to speak truth. We got to recognize falsehood for what it is. And that's how you build your belief. And that's the thing, the devil, he's a liar, he's a deceiver. And all his job is, is he wants to separate you from God. That's his job. But we got to know how to maneuver around it, how to outflank the devil. And that's where our belief system and when we start becoming believers, how we have to guide people in their steps. Because some of them will say, well, how do I know if it's a false prophet or if it's God talking to me? And that's all through 
us sticking with what we have to our, our you know and, what I mean. And, 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 and one thing I tell people all the time, that if somebody speaks something into your life and you haven't heard it first, don't believe it. If God, if, if, if God <laughs> haven't spoken to you first and then someone tells you, oh, this is, I heard this from God and he ain't speaking to you first, don't trust it. it. So one thing it says, how do you know God cares for me? Let's go to um, Psalms 121 verse 3 through 8. It says, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. He's not sleeping at all. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at the right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Hallelujah. Do you believe he cared for you? Everything God has created, he created in advance to you. He created in advance to you coming forth. Everything that we see here on the earth, he created in preparation for you to survive, to live. So how do you know he care? By the preparations that you able to stand and breathe and walk each and every day. That's how you know he cares. And the thing is, God, God, if you if it's already if it's been being done, it's already been done. Look, the word tells you that it's already been written. It's already been written. Here it says, if you go to Psalms 139, verse 16, it says. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be. So there's nothing going, in, going on in your life that hasn't already been written. God already knows. See, what happens is the enemy plays on your wants. But God deals with your needs. If you think about the children in the wilderness, God told them, don't save no manna. Nope. Not one, not one tittle. Don't save no manna. The reason why he didn't want them to save no manna, because he wanted their dependence to be on him. And this is why sometimes we struggle because we wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. And God said, why work? The birds in the air don't worry about what they're going to eat. They don't, they don't, they don't worry. So why are we worrying? Because what happens is the world has caused us, created a condition in us to make us try to be dependent in ourselves. And we lose the focus of the provision that God continues to provide for us. And, and, and that's part of the problem in our society today with the, uh, the stuff on TV, the, um, things going on in the world. That's what they, they see that and they believe that instead of believing what what's in this word and that's how we need to get through each and every day but you were talking about earlier uh you were talking about um people questioning jesus let's go to luke 5 mm-hmm. where we're talking about when jesus uh uh told simon who is a professional fisherman mm-hmm. and they had it caught nothing all night long and all of a sudden god says go drop your nets in over there and he was going to say, well, wait a minute, you know, who, who's this carpenter coming here telling me how to do my job? He questioned it, but he did it. did it. And when he did it, look at all the fish that came out. And the moral was that story was that we can, I can, we can fish for men, mm-hmm. men that will believe in, uh, believe in what I believe in. And he was trying to teach them that same scenario there that we cannot question what the Lord says. We can't. And here, here it says, the plan of God is working out for those who trust him and follow him, him is good, and following him is good. The apostle Paul assured them early, early believers that God's great care over their lives. And in Philippians 1, 6, it says, I am confident of this, that he who began a good work, a 
good work in you will carry out to the completion until the day of Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus. So, as we said early on, it is written already. Your end is already written. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. So there's no surprise in what God has in store for your life or what he desires for you. But what happens is our own fleshly desires, the desires and the wants that the world try to provide for us tend to overshadow what God wants for us. Soul is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. Now, how? so we have to put our flesh under subjection. That's right. We have to put it That's under it. subjection. You know, I can remember myself when, when I was out there in the world where I was chasing after things, thinking those things would be the things that help provide for my family. In reality, I was, I was taken away. I was taken away from my family because I was putting myself in a position where I couldn't even be there at all. I allowed myself for those to be some of the consequences. So if we begin to reflect on the consequences, someone was, we were talking to someone earlier today, and we were talking about consequences and, and how do I make how do I decide how do I make the right decision? I believe I believe in God. I, I trust God, but how do I make the right decision? And I told him. One of the things that God dealt with me with was not making it about myself. What helped me make the right, some of the right decisions and the best decisions of my life was thinking about the people who I say I love. How, how my decisions will affect the ones who I love. And when I began to make decisions based off of how it would affect the people that I love, I made better decisions. I, I remember the first time when I, I started my first service, you know, I think God tested me. I had one week where I had nobody show up. I could have very easily turned around and said, and the devil was telling me to. I said, no, no, no. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to do the service like everybody's there. And, I, I went, and that was a test. That's right. God was saying to me, yo, you either got a choice. You can walk away and, and disobey what I've asked you to do or you do it the other way. And I, I, I decided to listen. And that is a permanent that's something that we all need to instill in each other that's right here in romans eight twenty eight, it says we know that all thing god's god works for the good of those who love him Absolutely. who have been called according to his purpose that's you hear that, family? To his purpose. Ooh. Not your purpose. Not my purpose. But his purpose. So when we begin to find out and understand that it's not about what we want. It's about us being purposeful in God's will. Setting our will aside. He knows the desires of your heart. But if we set our, our will aside and allow his will to manifest itself in our lives, all those things that we desire, they will be provided for us. They will be provided for us. And, uh, you know, like I was, I was telling you today, we can't jump ahead of God. You know, his timing is impeccable. You know, if we want to jump ahead, what happens when we jump ahead? We fall flat on our face, and that's... That's because we jumped ahead. If we just stay back and, you know, just listen to God. And a lot of times when we pray, how often do we listen to what, do we just be quiet? Just have a moment. I know um, Elder said this one time. She said, have you ever, she, did, she told me about her woman's group and she told everybody to be silent for a few minutes. And you'd be surprised. She, didn't you tell me a story that somebody had a, yeah. 30 seconds of silence, and they heard what God was saying. If we just take that minute in our prayers and just have a silent moment with God and hear what he's saying, um, we would pr probably be able to um, continue on with our purpose. purpose. You know, Pastor spoke about this here this weekend as far as us being in prayer, just taking a little time out to be in prayer 
10 minutes, whatever it is, but being in that prayer, prayer, prayer state of mind and sitting back, not just moving out of that position once you've prayed, but staying still, just like you said, for 30 seconds, whatever it takes just to be in that presence, just to be in that presence. And too often I, I was sharing to, I was sharing with one of um, the brothers today and I called him because I tried to invite him out to the uh, to the luncheon that we were having. And I was supposed to do it yesterday. However, and as I told him and, and I, I say it often that the kids of this world could choke out your intentions it can choke out. You can have the best intentions, and if you don't respond to them right away, when, when God gives you that download, you can miss that opportunity. And what happens is sometimes you just don't know what that, how that could affect someone's life. And that's why it's so important. If you get that download, you need to respond right away. You need to respond right away. It's almost like I'm in the, I've been in the management business for a long time. And we, when we have an issue, you got to deal with it right away. You can't put it off. It, because it, if you put it off, it can get worse. You know, it can fester. It can continue to build up. So they teach us to attack. They teach us just like a fireman. You got to be ready to put out the fire right away. Because if you don't. It can, it can blow up. Now, what happens is, and that's what happens with life, and sometimes we miss the opportunity because the cares of the world can choke out your good intentions. It can choke out your good intentions. And that's what I told the brother today. I said my intentions was to call you yesterday so you can be better prepared for today. So now I'm trying to invite you to something that we can already do in a few hours when my intention was to do it yesterday so you can be better prepared. Right, right. And I had to explain to him, I love you. And, 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 and just because sometimes you might not hear from me, and it goes with families and all that. And I think all of us could, could attest to that. There's some family members who we might not have talked to in quite some time. But it's not that you didn't love them and you don't care for them and you don't think about them. But... You only have but so much hours in a day. And if you're not intentional with your time, you can miss out on those opportunities. And that's why it's important for us to be intentional with our time. I think we got a question in the audience. I think the two of you are speaking on some real life concerns, both believers and non-believers run into daily. But I'm going to ask you if you could share with us what do you use? What's the tool you use to be able to do just what you're saying we need to do? How do we slow this mind down or this activity day down to, that we can focus in on responding immediately to the call of God? You know, I was just saying earlier today, I was with Brother Brandon. I had to pick him. I picked him up from the airport and he spoke this here thing to me. And it goes back to just what you say that um, his wife came to him and said, sweetheart, we need to spend more time together. And he thought he was spending enough time with her, you know. So he, he sought God for a plan so he can be better intentional with his time. And what he heard was the things that you think are important, you need to allow those to be set aside. And focus in on the things that really are important and allow me to move in those areas that you tend to put more focus on and focus on the things that I prioritize and that's your family. Your family and your time with me, being more intentional with your time with him, more intentional with your time with God. So what happens is we do it opposite. We put our focus in job. We put our focus in on other things that we think are more prioritized. And then we, 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 we um, allow time for God and we allow time for our family. Or maybe our family That's and right. then God. That's right. You know, so they're on the back burner when they should be on the front part. That's right. And so and, and what he said was he realized when he began to be more intentional with this time, with his, with his family and with God, what he found was the time that he thought he didn't have, he wound up having more 
because God fulfilled the other areas with people who can do the things that he thought he had to do that he didn't have to do no more. So when we begin to become more intentional with what God wants us to focus on is with him and our, and, and our core family, our family, he can start maneuvering, doing the other things in those other areas that we put as, as the, put in the forefront. And, and that, that brings up another point we were talking about. I, and, and, and I guess Elder and some of us remember this, but when we was growing up, my dad would work all day, my mom was home, and the best time that we, he, God always told us to get together for family time was at the ki- dinner table, mm-hmm. spend time. And then afterwards there was family time. And I think we've gotten away from that in the world today because we have people working two jobs. One person's working uh, night shift, somebody working the day shift, somebody's got to be there to watch the kids. And there's never, where is the time for us to be with God and be with our families? Which is very important. God said that's important. God and family. It should be something that goes together. We miss that mark nowadays. One of the things that... I think we're also saying and touching bases on, I know what, we're in new seasons now, and there's lots of distractions and lots of energy and lots of things that we need to do. But the core value of this never changed. And it, it made me think, Pastor mentioned this on Sunday, and I've had another dialogue with some of our sisters on Monday with the same thing. We used to sup together more. Mm-hmm. whether it was at our own dinner tables or whether it was at the neighbor's dinner table or whether it was at the church, we would sup together more. Christ supped with his disciples. That's right. And it wasn't just about feeding the body for Christ. And we, the, the word says for us to think on those things that are pure and good and honest. And, 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 and those are the things that Christ was saying we should think on when we, we think on coming together with people right. in an area where we're supping with them. You know, and, 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 and that's why, like today, I said we had that luncheon with our brother and it was so enlightening. It was so fulfilling. We ain't talk about basketball. We ain't talk about football. We talked about God's word Amen. and his effect on our lives and, 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 and what difference it had made in our lives and how important important that is you know so so having those times are so important and this is what this is what's going on in the world and that's why we we see so much self-destruction happening in the family because just like pastor Stedman said even even in our poor households we still had those times when we sat at the dinner table where we spent time. It wasn't no phones. It wasn't nobody knocking. Your friend could knock at that door while we having dinner unless he was invited and he was here before we started having dinner. So it was those times that were sacred. And those times are no longer sacred. And not that we don't want it, but the cares of the world, like he said, the job, we got to do this, we got to do that. And there's so many things that's, that's bogging us down that those, those things become a back burner that's right. when they should be on the forefront. And that's what we, we, have to, we have to rethink things. We have to get, he said, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. So we got to change our thought patterns. We got to change the way we see things and the way we do things. And we can, we'll watch God do his part. So those things that we thought was important, God will show you that they're not that important. He will take care and provide for what you need so long as you put, your provision is in him. And, and, you know, something you said, too, Elder, was it just hit the spot. When we had this COVID stuff started, I used to do the once-a-month fellowship. People would come to me and say, I missed that time together, that time that we all got together as believers and shared and asked how we each other was doing, is there anything we could do for you? And we had a good meal at, at the same time. And that's why I do, I do it now because it's very important that we at least spend some time together as a church family. Yeah. As friends, once a month, that helps reinforce everything that God has been saying. It's it's about relationship. Exactly. It's about relationship. We wonder why things is so rough right now in society because there's no relation. 
There's no relationships happening. You know, there's no communication. There's no hearing from one another what's going on in in their lives. And and this is happening in our own household because there's so little time that we're spending with one another that we don't really even know what's going on with our own children. You know, and that's that's scary. That's scary because we're in a position where we can we can help help them overcome some of the obstacles that they're facing. Here it says, God ways is higher than our ways. In the book of Isaiah, we find God comparison of his perspective versus our own. He uses the distance between heaven and earth to teach us the breadth and the depth of his being. It says here in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And it goes back to what we were talking about. When we start putting him at the head of everything we do, like like, uh, Pastor said, when he gets up in the morning, Lord, order my steps. Order my steps, not my will, let your will be done. Speak to me, show me what I need to do so I can be purposeful in what you're calling me to do for this day. Yes. You know, often you, when, I, when we're having these roundtables, I ask questions. And that's because as I was coming up, and even today and sometimes, I remember times where I was questioning God on on things that I didn't quite conceive or understand. So I know that there are people who are coming through this process, whether they've been in it a while or just starting, that are asking some questions. So with that said, one of the questions comes up with, how do I, how do I know what God is thinking? How do I, how do I process and get in position to understand what he's thinking for me? And this is what came to mind. I mentioned it a minute ago, Philippians 4 and 8. Because until you learn to hear God's voice, you may have to rely on what is written, which is God's voice Mm -hmm. on paper. So that's Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true. So that means don't think about false stuff. Mm -hmm. Don't think about things that's your opinion. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good of good report, if there be virtue, any virtue, the word says, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Mm-hmm. That's the, 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 the first steps to being able to think the things God wants you to think so that you will react and do the things God wants you to do. And, and, and so that goes back to relationship. That goes back to spending time with him in the word. You know, his, his, his word became flesh. So we have the word. You know what happens? I was talking to someone today, and, and we were talking about the tabernacle. And, and, and we were talking about the tabernacle, and, and they, the, God's presence was with the tabernacle. But what I was telling him God had to provide the tabernacle for the people because of their unbelief. So they needed something visual that they can see and be able to worship. And, but even with the tabernacle, the tabernacle could have been in there in Egypt where they were at. But God's presence was still everywhere else. His presence is still everywhere else. I was talking to the guy on the phone. I said, look, I'm in Maryland. You're in Delaware. God is with me just like he with you. He in, he in Africa just like he's in the United States. God's presence is everywhere. And that's the part that people miss. And it comes from a relationship and an understanding of who God is. And, and, and the more we get to know him, the better understanding and, and the more belief we would have. Here it says, and it touches on what you said here. It says, we are tempted to make frantic decisions because we can't see our way. We can't see around the next bend in the road. 
God's ways are higher than our ways because he is seated above in his throne. It says, when we feel that we don't understand God's instruction in his word, we must remember that he sees things from above that we don't. You know, and that's the part. I can remember God placed on my heart, and I, I say this over and over again because I want people to get this on, get this in their crawl. Because He spoke to me when I was 24 years old, and I didn't, I didn't begin to see the manifestation of what He said to my life until I was 32. And but, however, He spoke it, and all I had to do was continue to walk in that truth and and have faith and belief in what He said. You know, I, I speak often about Pastor Ray and that faith walk that he has. And I, and, I, and I say this to the congregation, that same faith that he has, just like the oil that ran down Aaron Beard, should run down on everyone that he's connected to because you know his testimony. You know the faith walk that he's walked. And that same thing that God has done in his life, he can do it in yours. And, and if you really look at it, he probably already did, but it might not be on the same scale. But once we recognize it for what it is, he can do more. Right. He can do more, you know, and boy, oh boy, this is so good. And I believe we can go on, but this is going to be a series. We're going to continue on in this vein. There's so much more in this here area of belief. And, and, and we're going to continue on in that area of belief um, next week. But we ask you to come out on Sundays. We're here in service. We're doing all the protocols. We're wearing face masks. We're doing temperature checks. We're doing everything necessary. But we can't, we, we must come together. We were just talking about sitting down and having supper together. Coming together and sharing God's word. Being in God's presence is so important. Like I said, God is everywhere. He's in your household. He's where you're at. But when we come together, there's an anointing in the presence of of the body, of the collective body that's so important, that's so different compared to just being in your own home. And we can do that, yes. But it's nothing like coming together and and being under God's presence. So we invite you out. Come out Sunday. We start service at 1030. The words start preaching at 11 o'clock. Come be a part of it. And if, if your heart don't feel that way right now, Tune in to us on Faith Life YouTube. We're, we're on those different channels. Tune in to us. See us. Watch us. Be a part of what God is doing in our lives. And we actually tell you all the time, ministry is free. I mean, the word is free. The word is free, but ministry costs. So take your time. You can donate. 302-386. My eyes are bad. 389-5636. Text, give, and whatever amount God placed on your heart to give, we, we, um, we, we seek your support to be able to do what God's calling us to do. So with that, I'm going to ask Pastor Stedman to close with a, a statement, and then I'll close with my final statement. Well, I just want to pose a question to folks tonight, and if you look, it's in James chapter 4, verse 14, and the first thing he says is, what is your life? Hmm. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Family, when we forget that our days are numbered, it can lead to pride. (laughs) But when we're humbled by our mortality, we see every breath and every moment of grace. Mm, 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 mm. And that was what I put today in our word of the day. God had me place that on my heart, and I want to place it on your heart today. What is your life? What do you want for your life? The big answer for you is God. God comes into your life and everything becomes important. That's right. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to close with this word of encouragement. And I'm coming from Matthew 6. And it says here, and it's Matthew 6, uh, 25 through 32. And we're going to close here. It says, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, it is not life more than food. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in a barn, yet 
yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers in the fields grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Hallelujah. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, my God. Glory to God. You are you of little faith. He's talking to us, family. You of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall I eat? What shall, I, what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. We can't be like the world, family. We can't be like the world. He says, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Amen. He knows your need, family. Now, it's about your belief and your trust and your faith in him. So I close with this family. Trust. Who is God to you? You have to answer that question. And as you answer that question and you witness your own life, your, your faith and your belief will continue to grow because he's already shown you who he is. Amen. God bless you. Have a good night. We love you. And we look forward to seeing you out here. God bless. God bless.